I will continue to swear, Dustin. This jet ski ain't a goddamn toy. Do you know what would happen if you would have dry accelerated this jet ski on land? Let's get this straight, okay? I am your mother. Can't say I wanted you. Can't say I didn't do rabbit's tricks to try and get rid of you. If my father let me, you long been flushed down some toilet. Hey, what's up, Facebook family? How you doing? It's me, Terry Crews, again. The subject is dirty little secret. My dirty little secret was that I was addicted to the world's biggest penis. You know who you are, but most importantly, we know who you are, and we're not going to allow you to get away with it any longer. Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt remains the third unnamed Trump sex escort payoff after Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. It's a sordid tale of one evening at Mar-a-Lago where Matt traded his dignity for a watercraft. Admit it, Matt, you still feel pangs of guilt every time you ride that jet ski. I, I love jet skis. Honestly, that, that would be on the table. I, I, I just don't have anywhere to park one. Why don't you have a jet ski? What's wrong with you? you uh, for the pool, for the backyard, for the pool. Oh, you drive it down to the marina and uh, you know put it in the water. I, after seeing uh, uh, what was the TV show on HBO, Eastbound and Down, Eastbound and Down, called Southbound, uh, with his jet ski. I love his jet ski ride. Every time he got angry, he would he would angrily jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the best. That's a, that's it's such a red. It's such an ultimately redneck thing that I just don't think I could pull the trigger on it. Well, I think all people can enjoy it. A jet ski? Yeah, it's it's really fun. Yeah, I don't know what happened to swimming. Chicks dig it. Swim- I tried water skiing once or twice. I didn't really get it. I guess going fast on the water is kind of cool. I just, I, I just like swimming or maybe some surfing or body surfing seems enough to me. Yeah, body surfing's cool. Well, I putting a motor in the water seems like you're doing too much. Feels like you're doing like you're not no longer having water recreational time. You're now doing like automotive sports. Well, we're in LA, so everything's kind of corrupted. I mean, you know, most places. If you live in Minnesota, you know, there's a lake nearby. I'd probably get a jet ski. We got to go down to the fucking marina, which is filth, and you know, fight traffic. And at that point, is it worth it? I don't know. If I live in the middle of nowhere next to a lake, I guess I would get one. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. If then no one could see me crash and do stupid shit all the time, that's the worst thing. I wouldn't want people seeing my fails over and over again. By the way, I'm going to say this for Trump with the uh, sex uh, sex payoffs, which have to be legal. I just don't know how they can be illegal. He dearly liked the girls with the big boobs. Well, it's illegal if you pay them out of your campaign donations. Well, I guess what happened was his attorney, among other violations, I like I like the idea that really rich attorneys in, in New York might there might be one of them who's clean. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it, I guess he paid the women from his own account and then put in a reimbursement from the campaign for the money, right? Which is was the illegal part. But I like the fact the attorney went out on, on a limb and put his own cash out to the ladies first. <laughs> you put the receipt in, like, come on, guys, you got to pay me back. You got to pay me back for that. It's so obvious that Trump would like a chick with just huge, weird, fake, yes. hard tits. Yes. Like, that's so Trump. Yes. Because um, he himself is painted orange and, um, you know, aug- has augmented his hair to a freakish degree. He looks like like an older Ron, like Ron Jeremy, an old ex-porn star. Might look like if they lived through their 70s. Right. He kind of has that, like, everything's fake look about him. Uh, but I do like I do like the fact that people are seizing on this, you know. Well, now, now they've gone to, like... Just imagine how Melania feels. <laughs> I don't know. She feels like she got paid more than these other girls. <laughs> She's like doing pretty well. The emotions of a praying mantis. Yes. I mean, what does she feel? I don't know. <laughs> what does she feel when she had this 
sucked Donald t uh, Trump's dick for a contractually obligated number of times before he gave her a, 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 a well, people <laughs> a call big her ring during the during the uh, the opposition during the campaign basically alluded to the fact that she was a whore. But now that Trump, you know, had the thing with the other set, with the other prostitutes, now it's like, how does she feel as a wife and a mom? <laughs> it's like they really turn they really turn the tables on this. Yeah, who gives a shit how she feels? I looked, at, you know, her Instagram account is kind of fascinating, not for good reasons, but she's she's trying to portray herself as this sort of neglected um, yes. housewife in this malaise, but in reality, she's just buying clothes and insulting. <laughs> um, children who are being detained at the border well she has a she has a social media team i don't think she does any of that herself but they've decided the theme will be put upon woman yeah and uh and now she's traveling to africa for two months <laughs> she's like they gave her i think that was by order of her husband they sent her to africa for two months that's sort of like her her pun her punishment well i think of. that's also her getting out of the country because Mueller's got to her uh you know trump uh, the campaign created this shell company that was her best friend, and mm -hmm. thirty million dollars went missing. And so, well, it's not like they can't find Melania Trump. They can find Melania Trump in Kenya, I think. She'll be at the mall. I mean, it's not, it's not, hard, to find, not hard to find her. You think she's going to leave forever extradition? She's going to like hold up in sanctuary, take sanctuary like in, in Zimbabwe, and like no. a, a I think warm she horse. has no real interest outside no. of boots and. Um, I, I, do I think th she's just a zero, basically. Yeah, I, I will say this uh, as a parent. I think she does care about her kid. Um, so I think she's actually, like, does... That's the one thing I think she holds dear in her life uh, that's uh, somewhat admirable. So And she has managed to keep that kid out of uh, any photographs or spotlights. I think that's the one thing she does. I'm going to leave it at that, Matt, to be positive. This week's Last Man Earth podcast is sponsored by Terry Crews, desperate and ongoing attempt to liken himself to a female rape victim. <laughs> <laughs> the road to not being the world's first gay linebacker is a rough one, but Cruz is struck, stuck with it like a champ. Terry <laughs> Cruz, pinned down, mounted, and crying for help. Imagine that. Yeah, when is he going to come out of I, the closet? I don't know. Like, how does he be like the one? If there's like a slew of guys coming out saying they were sexually harassed, like tough guys saying they are sexually harassed and some thing, may, maybe you sign your name to the letter among 50 guys, like ex-athletes who claim they were sexually assaulted just to show that it happens. But you don't want to be the one guy. He's the one guy on every list, uh, uh, Me Too list. He's the only guy. And he just does not fit the part at all. It just, no. If it was a twink guy, some twink guy who you could see being assaulted, probably a gag dude who probably does, has been assaulted, uh, you know, the guy Kevin Spacey uh, assaulted or something like that, then, yeah, that makes sense. But to be the 250-pound, giant, black, muscular dude... <laughs> On the list, yeah. it's just it's just fucking idiot. I think he was really like, I'm gonna jump on this train. Yes. I'm gonna be the first one, and you know maybe other guys will join me. And yes, even like progressive people are like, yeah, no, like I guess we'll give it to you. You can do it, but yes. like I, I don't think we're gonna be marching uh, with your name on a sign or anything. No, we're gonna talk about it again too in relation to Asia Argenta. But yeah, being the one, if you're gonna be the one guy who claims that male on male sexual assaults exist. And by the way, I've, I've just gone through the stats so many times, and it really is, for straight men, almost never that straight men are sexually assaulted. This is a on a criminal case, or, or convict a woman of sexually assaulting a man. It just almost never happens. Well, him pursuing this criminally is psychotic. Yes. I mean, he was at a party. A guy, as a joke, touched his dick. Yes. 
what are you, little bitch? Like, yeah, and it wasn't like get over it. Rape by the offensive line of the Jets or something right. like that. Right. If it he was, was raped in the shower, it'd yes. be totally different. Yes. A guy touched his dick. I mean, a, Jew- a Jewish uh, talent agent in Hollywood. Did he want it to have? Uh, uh, who's married and has kids? Like, I don't know if the guy's gay or not. I would assume. He's just an unfunny type of guy, yes. and, and he was drunk, yes. and, and he was like, I'm going to touch the big black guy's dick. Yeah, so like a dare, a double dog dare. <laughs> so at what point do you do you go, uh, hey, man, that's not cool. I, I, I might even fire off an email yeah. to, uh, my, to the agency. Attention, yes. everyone. I didn't appreciate this whatsoever. Yeah. Then you move on with your life. Aren't you supposedly super busy? I mean, why do you have time to go into a police station and report this? It's a fucking joke, man. Well, you got to know, too, if you're standing up. Like, you can say, like, I'm sure he was personally insulted, whatever the fuck that means. But to pretend that you you stand for a cause, like you're taking the leadership role in a cause that's unspoken when it doesn't really exist, is the worst (laughs) worst part about it. Because there isn't, like, I will come forward, like you said, I will come forward and all the other linebackers, ex-NFL linebackers, will come forward with their sexual assault stories. Guys, come on, guys, guys. And Look. then making it the playing the race card too yeah, in yeah. this in this scenario totally inappropriate. This is nothing to do with race whatsoever. Could have easily been, um, you know, Bruce Willis who got his dick touched. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. He's Bruce he, Willis probably would have punched the guy. And see all these football players. I remember Will Smith. Remember, Will, remember when Will Smith punched that guy on the red carpet. That guy used to go around and kiss, try to kiss the actors. That yeah, Russian yeah. guy. And Will Smith punched the guy, and then. They called Will Smith homophobic, which is kind of funny. And, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, <laughs> as, if, as if you're not allowed to punch a guy who, was sec- uh, who sexually assaults you. Um, yeah. That's ridiculous. But they called him, hom- they called him homophobic. Um, and, and that passed very quickly. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it wasn't a real punch either, let's be honest. No, it wasn't a real punch. But it was like, you know, it wasn't like everyone, everyone agreed. Everyone sort of agreed, Leslie would in the Terry Crews case, that when someone tries to kiss you or grab your junk, you can punch him and nobody gives a shit. Like, that's allowed. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if he... I, I really think he overthought this and, and you know, it, that it's contrived to a, a large degree, but I think... I almost feel like he was going against type. Yes. You know? Yeah. He's, he's, like, very very cognizant of the fact that he's a, a totally roided out of his fucking mind. Or he's just a really gay, emotionally overwrought man who just couldn't control, stop himself from playing the victim card. That's also possible. Let's not discount that. Uh, do not defi- uh, don't forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last man on earth. Uh, thanks to all our new patrons. Get on this shit before it disappears. We got a new patron this week who said that uh, he uh, became a patron of the show only so I will improve the audio engineering on this show. <laughs> so well, That was nice. It was really nice because uh, for, for, for $1.50, I'm going to take a lot of courses at the uh, Learning Annex. I don't to improve my audio engineering feat. Uh, I'm sorry, that's just, just not that's not happening. If you can hear, as far as I can start, if you can hear it, it's good audio engineering. Uh, if you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, let's get on to the show. Matt, uh, let's go. Let's go back into ter- one of Terry Crews' uh, friends, Asia Argento. She's the story of the week. Um, I kind of felt bad reading her, her, her bio. First of all, I just assume all Italian actresses were all in some sex commune or raped as kids. I don't know why, but it seems like all European actresses. And actually, by the way, wasn't Rose McGowan in, in like an Italian sex cult when she was a kid? Wasn't that her backstory? She was in a cult, I don't, and there was a was lot of abuse. I don't know. It was sort of vaguely international. Yeah, I, was in, I think she was actually in Italy or France. It was somewhere along those lines, too. So maybe that's why she became such good friends with Asia Argento. But also, by the way, they were both... 
sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein. Although in, a, in Rose McGowan's uh, case, she only continued to do uh, big smiley uh, photographs with Harvey for years afterwards. Whereas, yeah, and she accepted the money to not talk about it. Yeah, whereas Asia Argento did all those things, but also continued to have sex with Harvey Weinstein after after he assa- sexually assaulted her. Right. So there was that. So we, we understand the definition of uh, sexual assault is rather vague these days. Although uh, the definition of statutory rape remains very, very clear, which is uh, you cannot have se- in the state of California, you cannot have sex with somebody who's not reached the age of 18. Everybody, Madam, I, I'm giving you a new rule you're not, sure, you're not clear on. <laughs> you got you to gotta know. I mean, does anyone not know you have to be 18 in California to have sex? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I would have thought. It may be 16, but I, I just kind of imposed 18 on my own will. Yeah, it's probably a smart uh, idea. Yeah. Uh, although may, no one's coming after your millions necessarily. But it turned out <laughs> Argento, the lead voice, one of the three or four lead voices in the Me Too movement, a, Harvey Weinst- a victim of Harvey Weinstein, it, re- it was revealed this week uh, by people who leak lots of shit from money to TMZ and other places. Well, can you ever, by the way, have it? We've gone through this before. Is there ever a, a reason to pay for an NDA? Because NDAs for sex cases never seem to actually stop sex case stories from coming out. It's the biggest, like, yeah, Trump like what are you paying for exactly? Trump paid 250 grand to Stormy Daniels and the same amount to Karen McDougal, I think. So Asia Argento, through her uh, boyfriend, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain, paid off this uh, 17 year old boy she had sex with in 2014. Uh, allegedly had sex with, uh, depending on her text, she either was naked in bed with him, was naked with him standing up, was in a hotel room bed with him, and he he uh, got on top of her and she was helpless to stop him because she was emotionally frozen, or they had sex 17 times in bed while she while she, she screamed and reminded that she met him when he was eight years old on the set of a, set of a movie. She met him when he was a she was 37 at the time, yes, and he was 17. Yeah, uh, no, when they met, he was. Eight, and she was 37. But when they had sex? That uh, was t- 2014. So he was ju- had just turned 17. She was mid, uh, mid-40s. No, she's not that old, is she? Yeah, she's uh, – make, make me look it up now. The well, point is, she played it, so she played his mother in a movie. In, in 2007, it was. She played his mother in a movie. Um, Asia Argento is 42 years old. So this is not something a normal, healthy woman does. A, well, no, a normal, attractive woman who's in her 30s does not find the the need to have sex with a 17-year-old kid. Yeah, not while she's... I mean, it's not like she's a, a lonely Emily Dickinson up in her attic and she's never been with a man before. She's been... She's been with hundreds of men. She's been with a lot of men. She's, she's got kids by two different men. Uh, right after this, she, hooked, she was married to an Italian director. She had sex with a guy who was a, a rock star, her first kid when she was younger. She left home at 14 to pursue modeling and acting in Italy. This is how I know she's crazy and, yes. and a huge skank, by the way. Because uh, you don't fuck – no one's into 60-year-old guys and 17-year-old boys. If you have a certain fetish for some reason, that's understandable. But I don't think – Only a lunatic has sex with that kind of range. It seems very opportunistic. So Anthony Bourdain in his 60s seems like a – there's your daddy figure who's going to take care of you. And by the way, he did until the day he died. And then the 17-year-old kids, the kid she met when he was eight, which, uh, as I explained to you, I don't care how old. Like, if you're a kindergarten teacher, <laughs> you can never, ever have sex with a former student of yours. Yeah. I don't care if you're 60 and they're 30. It's still never right for, like, someone who was taking care of a child <laughs> to then later in life have sex with that same person. 
It's <laughs> always weird. It's it, just creepy. It never sits right with me because I'm just like, so when did you first have this idea? What, what was she, nine, ten? Yes. You know, like, it, it, <laughs> like yeah, if you used to babysit, if you were like 20 in college and babysitting like a family and one, the girl was like nine and like ten years later you're 30 and she's 19 you have sex with her, that's just wrong. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just not, it's not legally wrong. It's just wrong that you started, you knew her first when she was nine years old. Yeah. Because then, you, like you said, the question arises, when did your mind first go to, like... You're basically uh, saying, like, well, if we lived in Brazil, I would have uh, been poking that 14 year Yes. Like, that's yes. kind of what you're indicating to you're, me. You're ba- you're ba- the basic assumption is you started thinking about her when she was nine, and you waited until she was legal. Uh, and also, she, pl- she played his mom in a movie, and as acting goes, you have to pretend to be her. He had to pretend to be... He was a very busy kid actor, very successful kid actor. He was in a number of movies. Uh, he had to pretend to be her son. She had to pretend to be his mom for some number of weeks or months on the film set in, in some sort of deep, in a very heartfelt movie. So they were, you know, in that role. Again, you can't ever have sex with that kid. <laughs> you can never have sex with that kid. And by the way, legally, you can never have sex with that kid when he's, until he turns 18. So there's, there's your other problem. Um, so I guess what happened was she had sex with a kid at 17. Not, no one knows exactly what went down in the hotel room in terms of aggressor, passive, who was in charge, who was not in charge. I'm sure that 17-year-old boy was troubled, too, because he's a kid actor, and all kid actors are troubled kids. Um, but she had supping. First, she said she just got naked with him, which, by the way, is also illegal to do when someone's underage in a hotel room. Like, also, it'd be a weird thing to do. Yeah. If you weren't planning on having sex. Well, I mean, you could decide not to have sex in the end, I guess, but I believe once you say you're naked with an underage kid in a hotel room bed... That's already the crime. <laughs> the crime's already been committed. Well, yeah, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm trying to be sensitive to the issue, but I, I don't think the guy ripped her clothes off. No, no. This so looks, this guy is a troubled. I mean, even they it, weigh the same. They weigh the less. same. This kid was. Uh, this he, isn't uh, Dwayne Johnson. We're talking. No, about. no. And this is a. He looked exactly like a slightly grown-up kid actor, and then he looks and, he, and acts very tr- like a very troubled kid who grew up on movie sets. And now his career. Now that he was a 17-year-old, he wasn't getting he wasn't getting acting jobs anymore. He called. He apparently called her and said he wanted to see her. That he always liked her. And she went to his hotel room and got naked with him in bed. And some sex happened, no matter how it happened. It, but here's the great spin. The great spin from Asia Argento because she's me too. And I think she believes this actually. Is that she was actually the victim, because she was like, again, emotion. Whatever the fuck emotionally frozen, <laughs> emotionally frozen means. While he was having, uh, while he was on top of her having sex, and that so she felt like she was almost raped, is that you could be a rape victim yourself while you're actually committing statutory, <laughs> while you're committing statutory rape. <laughs> That's, I mean, can you imagine any like gym teacher with a high school girl trying to spin the fact that like while he was banging the, the high school girl that he was he was he was the victim and people go like, well let's let's just get all the facts let's get all the facts here. Yeah, it's, it's quite it's quite possible. I mean, maybe I'm cynical, but first of all, she, in these texts, changed her story multiple times. Yes. It, it was kind of a twist at the end, you know, like a like a 90s movie twist that all of a sudden now she was raped. Like, she kind of just tossed it in at, at the last minute. Um, first, well, first she, said nothing ha- first she said nothing happened. Yeah. Then the photo came. Then the photo, which, by the way, they paid, uh, Anthony Bourdain paid $380,000 to this, this uh, troubled kid, who clearly was, he, he was clearly blackmailing her, let's make no doubt about that. He was, tw- he, now, now at 22 years old, he was clearly blackmailing her because he knew that she was a Me Too, 
star, essentially. And now he had a photo of him underage with her in bed. So he clearly is a, a non-working former child actor who saw this girl dating Anthony Bourdain, this woman dating Anthony Bourdain, and said, I can get some money out of, I can get some money out of this. No, maybe. Or he just wanted a banger. No, no, but why, why did he hold out for $380,000? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, he, was bla- he was blackmailing her. He was extorting her because he said he would, the, the photo would go public. And then, of course, it doesn't matter because TMZ does whatever the fuck they do with their cash. <laughs> and within 24 hours, had a copy of the photo that they paid through Eddie Grant not to, not to appear. The photo, and, and this is why I just have a hard time believing anything she says about anything, including rape or just even an interpretation of a TV show. Like, I just don't believe anything she says is, um, she said that they were, s- she texted her friend, a bald-faced lie, that they were standing up in the photo where they were in bed, yes. which uh, would mean that they had propped the mattress against the wall <laughs> and then taped the pillows to the mattress. I mean, it's a bad lie. It is. But it also just shows that she has no credibility. And it's likely insane if she thought that it was a good lie. And the best part about that interaction is the fact that her friend took about 60 seconds before selling her text to TMZ. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really kind of sad. I mean, as bad as Asia Argento is, just imagine being that person where, like, your friends sell everything you ever sent them or it's embarrassing well, to it know about Well, it just shows, you. like, the company you yes. keep and, and the people you associate with. I mean, you know, do you think, like, I know none of my good friends would ever sell my text messages to fucking TMZ. Well, well, hang on, hang on. Well, what, what price What price are we going up to? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has their price, Matt. I, if someone offered your friend, let's say, 60 grand for the text... Well, he'd at least come to me first. <laughs> do you want to match that? Yes. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's the honorable, <laughs> that's the honorable <laughs> thing to do. TMZ does throw around a lot of money for these types of stories uh, because they, get s- they are the only place that will publish them and they get so much traffic from them. So I'm guessing the photo they paid 150 grand for to whoever released it. Um, and it, it can't be the guy who – it can't be Jimmy Bennett, the kid, because – no longer a kid, now 22, because he got paid 380 not to release it so they could get that money back. So he's not going to sell it for 150. Could he have leaked it to someone else? Possible. I mean, anything's possible, but it wouldn't have come directly from him. But assume he sent it to other people beforehand and lied about that. Uh, but it's just amazing. And the most amazing part is just a month ago, if you read the LA Times, and you're one of the last 10 people who do, uh, there was an open letter in the LA Times uh, from all the, all the usual suspects Rose McGowan, Mira Servino, Terry Crews, of course, is the one guy. All the Me Too, the Me Too primetime players. All the hot young <laughs> actresses, <laughs> former <laughs> Terry Crews, former big titty actresses. Yes, yeah. uh, and well, Terry Crews. Everybody who basically uh, had Harvey Weinstein a jizz on them at some point, uh, plus Terry Crews. And, and Terry Crews. Yeah, Terry might be in that list. <laughs> uh, wrote that open letter to because after Anthony Bourdain died, there were all the trolls on all the trolls on on Twitter and social media started blaming Asia Argento for Anthony Bourdain taking his life, which. Everyone kind of logical people like you and I, I think realize that wasn't the only that wasn't the main reason why he was suicidal for like thirty years. He had tried to kill himself many times before, so that wasn't the reason he became from a happy-go-lucky guy to a suicidal guy. But having a crazy chick girlfriend can always throw a guy over the <laughs> over the edge. Yeah. But they all signed a letter demanding the trolls leave her alone. That they don't that she had nothing to do with his death. That she loved him dearly. That she's a Me Too activist and all this. Bull crap. And that was five weeks ago. <laughs> now it turns out 
she's paying hush money to but boys she statutorily raped and hi- and hiding it and made Anthony Bourdain pay the money essentially. Yeah, he paid her and like people always I think overestimate what people in TV and movies make and I think Anthony Bourdain had a lot of money. I'm sure from his CNN gig he had a lot of money but not a lot not I I looked it up. He didn't make a lot. He wasn't make like it wasn't like Harvey Weinstein. It was, he didn't make a lot no. of money. He had a few million he had a few million dollars. He probably spent a lot too. Right. But CNN doesn't pay like it's not like having a network. It's not like being on Will and Grace for 7 years. Yeah, no. I I mean I would say I mean pure guess. I would I would guess he probably had like 5 Three five million. Yeah, exactly. In the bank. Exactly. So three hundred eighty k in cash. It's a lot. Is a that's. I don't even care who you are, really. That's yeah. That's quite a bit of money. Well, that's for Trump, it was more than for, Trump paid. For Trump, it, w- it was more than Trump paid. But for Trump, <laughs> that's not a lot of money. He probably spends. Well, we don't know how much money Trump has. I think it is a lot of money. You think so? Yeah. Well, I don't know. His, his attorney fronted it, so that was nice of him. <laughs> uh, but either way, I think Trump's just cheap. I think he has the money. But three hundred eighty grand is a huge amount of money uh, that almost nobody, no boyfriend in their lifetime, will be asked to pay. Their girlfriend's uh, ex, young, underage lover for not blackmailing her. <laughs> so you know, you know that she. Pay, you can almost see the conversation where she passively aggressively told him, "This kid who's troubled, who was a child actor, who had a crush on me. I met him in a hotel room to be nice because he's so troubled, and nothing happened. But now he has this photo of us. It's very suggestive, and he's threatening to ruin me. And uh, it's it's okay. I'll, and Anthony's like." No, baby, I'll, I'll take care of it for you. What does he want? Oh, three hundred eighty thousand dollars in cash. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no, don't, Anthony. Please, I couldn't ask you to do that. Yeah, Here's she, his number and address. She totally. <laughs> so she's. We've established she's probably a pathological liar. Uh, well, she's good at. She's certainly good at manipulating men. And he, I mean, I'd be like, uh, well, let's see how it plays out. I, I mean, just. Paying another guy on behalf of a girl to, to for a non-disclosure, like if a chick asked me for like two hundred dollars, yes. I'd be like, no, to pay like, my ex-boyfriend. I kind of have some self-respect yes. still. I mean, I I do like that we're boning, but uh, like yeah, if you're if red you're red flag, obviously. If your girlfriend told you that she had had sex with a seventeen-year-old one time, uh, I guess you would let that that'd be weird, but you let it go. But if she told you that happened, and now she needs. Three hundred eight thousand dollars to pay him, to pay him. Uh, then you'd be like, yeah, no, that's just not gonna. Now, it, now it's really weird. <laughs> now it's beyond. Yeah. Now it's beyond weird. And Bourdain knew she was cheating on him the whole time too. You know, he, I'm sure he knew. And yes, I, I, it's one of those things where you suspect it, and then you're like, oh, maybe it's not true, but you really know deep he knew. down that he's it's a smart true. guy. I mean, she was posting these Instagram photos of her and some producer guy, and uh, you know, just. D- d- if you're if you're traveling for work and you see that, you know you just think the worst, and then at some point you confirm that the worst is true, and then you hang yourself with a bathrobe. <laughs> yes, that's what people don't understand. Is like, no, I mean he was you know 62. What was he 64 when he died, or 62 or whatever? And he only met her two years previous, so it wasn't like she caused him to become a suicidal, depressed person his entire life. But right. when people when guys are like that, they just need one thing to kick them off. Because he's alone, getting drinking in a hotel room in France. He's majorly depressed, and then he learns that he just paid three hundred eighty grand to his girlfriend, who's been, who, by the way, got him into the Me Too championship movement of taking down Harvey Weinstein and calling all men in Hollywood pigs, and became like, you know, picked up her cause as his cause, something that made him feel good, I think, for the first time in a while. And then he learned it was all a lie. He'd just been played by a woman, 
that's when you get the bathrobe belt out. <laughs> I mean, that's like, yeah, that's all you need. And so it's like, you know, she didn't cause him to be a fucked up person, but she was the last person who fucked him over. And that's got to take, you got to take some responsibility for the guy killing himself. Not that uh, yeah. 100%, but how about 20? Let's say 20%. How did these, I, I guess I kind of skipped over what you said. How do these letters work? Who wrote a letter claiming, what was the letter about? To stop blaming her for his death? Oh yeah, so after after Bourdain died, that was in June, I think in June. Then immediately all the troll because uh, a- Anthony Bourdain was a beloved guy, especially on social media. I think everybody loved Anthony Bourdain. He was like a universally well liked person. Yeah, he's that's a good point. Yeah. no one didn't like Anthony. Bourdain. No, I mean in person, probably he had enemies because <laughs> he probably fucked a lot of people over. He seems like a rough a rough guy, but his TV persona and his personality and his causes he took up were all very noble. And I think everybody liked him. Everyone wanted to travel the world with him eating fucking pig's feet. Um, that was the one part I wasn't envious <laughs> about. It's like the pig rectum. Yeah, yeah. No. But, I mean, he looked like the guy you want to travel with. Yeah. Uh, you want to go to uh, Bali with and eat fucking tortoise uh, uh, semen or some shit. Um, <laughs> he, made it look, he made it look good. So when he died and, you know, p- people learned about her, not only her being just a troubled, troubled past, but also the photos with another guy that appeared. They started blaming her for his death, like he killed himself over a, a scorned lover relationship. And it got really mean. It was really mean to her. And at the time, before you knew about this latest story, it seemed like, okay, look, this is too much. You know, she didn't kill him. And if she, even if she did cheat on him, by the way, uh, apparently they had an open relationship. Although, by the way, a lot of this information has come from her after he's dead. So there's no way to there's no way yeah. to really just kind of spit. Like, even the fact that he paid the 380 grand and he insisted on it, who knows? He's dead. I mean, he can't he can't speak to it. Right. Uh, but she got trolled really heavily on social media with people basically assigned the blame for his suicide to her because he's such a good guy. He could have just been a suicidal guy. Um, and so they wrote. Then the counter came with the open letter in the Times saying, "Leave her alone. She just lost her beloved. She had nothing to do with this." Who wrote this? Uh, it was penned by uh, Rose McGowan and, and Terry Crews and Mira yeah. Servino. I think like a hundred actors in Hollywood, all of whom were associated with the Me Too movement, signed it saying how she was a fearless leader in this cause to stop sexual assault and harassment. Oh, and Tony was behind her nice. the whole way. All this shit. So, yeah, she's a fraud. I mean, she's a fraud. Before You, you knew she was kind of a fraud before this revelation that she paid a kid, a, that she, an underage kid she had sex with, hush money, which is exactly what Harvey, exactly what Harvey Weinstein's accused of doing. Yeah. Um, oh, you know. And, and by the way, hers is even worse because she continued to have sex with Weinstein after the alleged assault. So, which puts into question the validity of her claim that it was a purely physical, uh, it was a purely physical assault and not a tit for tat type of relationship. Well, as does the fact that we've established she's a pathological liar. That also has to put into question her claims. Yes, and just the fact that she's, you know, I, I, I don't like to judge people for their lifestyles, <laughs> but you know, if you had, if you, you know, left home at a young, if your girl left home at a young age, got involved with a lot of musicians, you know, had various marriages and babies, and then. Gotten all sorts of stuff, and then by the way, had sex with a 17 year old who used to be her kid on a, in a movie, and then had sex with a 62 year old because he's a, a, a you know a very solid guy for you at that time. You need him. She seems to be a very opportunistic, let's say, lady. She seems to go where the go <laughs> go go where it suits her at the mo- at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, she she you know not that it's like a, a crime or anything like else, but she was at least partially or heavily to blame for the night he killed himself. 
I think that that seems fair to me to say. Yeah, and she's probably deleted a bunch of messages. But oh my god! I'm sure there's a lot of like. Yes. So about this open relationship. Yes. Uh, shouldn't we kind of, you know, our stats be kind of similar? To, you know, because if you're banging 300 guys yes. and I'm working nine months a year. Yes. I don't know if that works for me anymore. Yeah, and how many are there? How many more like statutory rape victims are out there? You're gonna ask me to drop 384 because uh, you know, it's kind of cramping my lifestyle a little bit. <laughs> I see Bourdain. I can picture exactly what kind of guy Bourdain is, which he is that guy who has to fix broken women, right? Yeah. He's that guy who has to take up the most troubled woman and think because he's such a good guy and he's so steady that he's gonna fix her. And you just, I mean, you know, that seems like the kind of thing you grow out of at a very young age. That's like a 20s thing yeah. where you find the troubled girl who also is probably really good in bed. <laughs> and she, you know she's crazy and you know she's probably cheating on you or she's doing, secretly doing drugs or some shit like that. And she's had a bad family, bad family relationship, but you think you could fix her. But at 60, if you're still doing that, there's something, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Especially when you're a guy like Bourdain who I presume could get pretty much most any woman he wanted to. He was probably not, did not have trouble finding dates. Over a certain age, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, look, I mean, like, most guys have a kind of a fatal flaw, you know? Like, yes. No one's, no one's perfect, and, uh, yeah, it seems pretty obvious that, that this was his Achilles heel. Bad women. Bad women and bad drugs. He got off the bad, he got off the bad drugs. He was, at, it turned out he was very good at tying knots with a bathrobe belt. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, he was good about that. But yeah, but think about it. Like, how many guys, how many celebrities can you think of that are as, were as well-liked as Anthony Bourdain just by percentage? Like, he really had not a single detractor. He was, like, 100% beloved. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, diplomatic. He would go to Iran, and then he would go to Israel. Yes. And he'd go to Armenia, and then he'd go to Turkey. And, you know, uh, he, uh, yeah, he just, there was no real reason. He wasn't partisan. No, and he, bl- and he uh, loved all cultures. He was, like, praising all cultures, all religions, praising all shitty food. Uh, if anything, he took on the establishment a little bit. Uh, I'm sure maybe there's some right wingers who didn't like him, but I don't even think they like they li- you know because on CNN, but whatever, and they weren't on uh, trolling him. I bet if he went back through his like Twitter feed, it was all positive for years and years. Um, but he's just that guy, and then you know he he's dead, and people couldn't handle it, and he had this bad girlfriend who was fucking around on him and and, and making him pay <laughs> pay money. That's the worst. Like just the fact you can see that discussion where she like guides him into paying the money on her behalf. Yeah, because it wasn't like she demanded. She knows how to work guys over. She worked them into like making them feel really good. And because did you see his text? Uh, his no, text to her, so. they revealed about the money was like him saying, "I want to do this. This is my idea. Uh, you know, you don't need this guy in your life anymore. He's obviously a troubled guy. Oh, Let's right. just pay him to go away." I, f- I feel like he's like lying to himself in those texts. Like he actually knows the truth, but he's lying to himself to make him feel better about the girl that he loves. Yeah. That she's not as bad as uh, as everybody thinks she is. And he also slipped in, like, this is not an admission of guilt. Yes. Or he kind of, yes. <laughs> like, went on legal zoom real quick yes. and, like, threw yeah. a, yeah. a little uh, You'll, you'll be happy to know uh, that the uh, LAPD has decided they're not going to pursue criminal charges against her uh, without providing a good explanation, w- by providing some bogus explanation that made no sense whatsoever. Right. So they just said there was uh, there was r- many reasons why they've decided not to pursue statutory rape charges against her. None of which uh, we're going to explain to you. Uh, goodbye. That case is o- the case is over. Yeah, the case is over. And now this is a situation. We'll see how it plays out. You have to shut the fuck up forever. Yes. You don't ever get to talk again. Yes. And Rose and by association, Rose McGowan has to shut up too. 
uh, because they were uh, all best friends, all in the same thing, and basically had the exact same story. And she has her own little story with the DeSalvo in the past and other things like that. That she just needs to be quiet. <laughs> she just needs to be quiet about. Hey, these are these are very flawed women. Let's say that to be kind. And you don't want when you have a virtue virtue led movement. You don't want obviously flawed. Pe- I mean, like MLK, flawed guy, but his flaws were not right there uh, out, in the, out in front of him. You don't want a flawed, badly flawed person to be the head of your your virtue <laughs> your virtue movement. Yeah. You know, everyone has sins and mistakes. And his flaws fast. were separate from what he was fighting. Correct. Also. Yes. He wasn't discriminating against black people. Yeah, he, he wasn't, wasn't burning <laughs> crosses no. on other guys' He lawns. wasn't keeping black slaves back in his plantations. <laughs> Hi, Matt. I want to talk about your favorite rapper and my, uh, one of my favorite rappers. <laughs> my favorite rapper uh, recently became Post Malone because the entire news media had to stop for a while while Post Malone, who I'd never heard of before, uh, apparently, he's a white rapper with a man bun. That's mm-hmm. the best I could do. <laughs> best I could do. Uh, uh, had a flat tire on his private jet that took off from, from Teterboro in New Jersey. And they had to track him for many hours in the skies. He burned off gas and waited to land in New Hampshire or wherever the fuck they landed. Saw that, yeah. Which, uh, by the way, those landings have about a 99.9% safety, re- safety record. So they almost never, those are never, almost never fatal crashes. Uh, with the low low air pressure tire, the blown tire. Um, so he's my new favorite because they got to interview him and he got to talk about how scared he was on the plane, how the pilots were heroes, how he th- saw his life flash before his eyes. So he's my new favorite pussy, <laughs> pussy rapper. Uh, this is a major news story for 10 minutes, right? Uh, they covered it live on the air for like three or four hours on most of the major networks. Really? As his plane was in the air. <laughs> yes. Why are well, you still watching this? It was thing? sort of like, the be- uh, remember when that, go- what was the golfer's name? The golfer when the plane took off in Florida, remember? No. And everybody, oh, God, like 10 years ago. He was a fairly, I don't know golfers, but he was a fairly successful golfer. He took off in a golf stream, some kind of private jet from Florida to New York, I think it was. And ox- uh, CO2 leaked into the cabin. There was an air pressure leak, and everyone passed out on the plane. Do you remember this? Mm-mm. And the plane still flew, like, for six hours as everyone on de- board was dead, essentially. <laughs> and it landed, eventually landed, like, it went off course. And they tracked it with, like, F-15s and shit like that. And eventually, like, had to flew six hours and eventually landed, like, in a Minnesota field somewhere. And nobody got hurt, but everyone on board was dead. But they tracked it, like, CNN tracked it, like, all six hours. At least in that case, actually, they, they could fly. The planes flew by, and so all the, pla- the uh, windows were all iced over, uh-huh. which means the air had decompressed, which means everyone inside was dead. They all died? They all passed out and then died from lack of oxygen while they were passed out. They were at like 30,000 feet with no oxygen. So the pilot has like a separate oxygen? They, I don't know how it works exactly, but on these private jets, it's all the same thing. And they, like once it decompresses, they slowly got po- CO2 poison, the CO poison, like monox- carbon monoxide, oh. passed out. And then as they passed out, the oxygen ran out after like an hour. And then they all suffocated. I would think there should be something that starts beeping at that point. I mean, uh, so overly yeah, cautious. Like, you think so? Things. Like a little beep, like a little, <laughs> a little Surrey alarm or something like that. Uh, apparently not. But anyhow, they tracked it because that was actually like dangerous because that could have like flown into like, you know, Chicago. The plane was completely on autopilot and it was just waiting for it to go down. That could have actually killed lots of people. This plane was nothing, but they covered it. But anyhow, Post Malone, whose name I just learned. Uh, and I had to look up the fact he's a white rapper with a man bun, which really bothered me. Is is second only to Takashi six nine X X six S I X X X N I X I whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, so this kid's been in a lot of tr- been a lot of trouble recently. 
There's always one or two rappers. It used to be T.I. There's always one rapper who's like in the news every single week for some sort of pseudo crime. It used to be we knew a few of their songs at least. Yes. Though. Yes. Now it's just like a guy with face tattoos is misbehaving. Yes. Like that should just be every headline. Although we played a song a couple weeks ago where he just drops n bombs over and over again while rapping as we try to figure out what his uh, uh, her- cultural heritage is. Yeah, he's not black. No. You thought he might be Asian, but it turns out his real name is Daniel Hernandez. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he's not a great rap name. No, it's not. But. If you're going, if you're going to trial in Houston for uh, wrapping your hands around a teenager who was trying to take your cell phone video of you shopping at the mall, because that's apparently what celebrities feel free to do when someone's taking their picture and they don't like it. First, they demand the phone. You got to demand the phone, mm-hmm. uh, and as if you have some sort of deputized authority because you're a celebrity to confiscate people's property. Yeah, what person goes? Yeah, here you go. <laughs> yes, like. Now I have no phone. Well, Takashi six nine uh, demanded my phone, and by the laws of Texas, the state of Texas, I was forced to hand it over. Uh, I mean, there's, there are stalking laws that people, I guess, are following you into the toilet and taking your photo or something. Well, it's also if, like if you don't want your photo taken, don't have freakish face tattoos and rainbow hair extensions <laughs> yes. and all, like you're you're asking for someone to take your photo. Yeah, and also if you don't have that, you're in a mall and people can still take your friggin' photo. Yeah. Uh, you're a public. You're a public figure, and they're not harassing you necessarily. Uh, and by the way, also, if you don't like it, you still can't choke people out to get the phone back. <laughs> not allowed. It's still not allowed. You still have to get mall security over to get involved. Um, I miss the senseless violence of the yes. '90s when guys were shooting each other. This dude, he's a diminutive guy. In this instance, he attacked a teenager. He also fought another teenager, and he has a sex tape where his <laughs> friend is getting blown by a young girl, I think 13 or 14. Yeah. Is he's, this, like, he's, he's, like a, he's like a far less impressive R. Kelly. Yeah, it's well, it's like he's so not gangster that he f- he's always starting shit with teenagers instead of adult men. Well, how old is he himself, though? He's got to be like 20. Not that, he's like he's 40. He's, what, he's like 20s up, early 20s. Well, everyone he gets in a yes. beef with is in high school. <laughs> yes, I assume that's just who he rolls with. Uh, I mean, he looks like it could be outside of the face tattoos and the hair. If you if you give him a clean haircut and put some glasses on him, he could probably be a high school junior. Yeah, uh, he's a little tiny dude, looks young. But so he's going to trial in Houston for uh, wrapping his hands around a 16 year old who would refuse to hand him his cell phone uh, because he was taping him at the mall. And he's he's now gone to court to ask the judge. To insist that his rap name, Takashi69, not be used in the courtroom, and that his name, that he be referred to either as defendant or by his, preferably by his real name, Daniel Hernandez, uh, which would work out really well for a, a guy in Houston, in a Houston courtroom, to suddenly announce that he is Latino. <laughs> Uh, and he is a tough backstory, a Latino growing up in Texas, and he didn't mean anything by this. Uh, that seems to be very convenient to suddenly be able to pull out the Latino <laughs> Latino card when you've been doing N-bomb dropping uh, all-black rap videos for the last couple of years. Yeah, still unclear how thinking you're black, how, how you then start, I guess you just think you're black, but just pretending to be black doesn't mean that you're actually black. Um, you know, it's like, oh, I wear sneakers and a... Uh, okay, well, you still don't get to drop in bombs. Uh, but what I don't understand, don't, 
his legal name is not Takashi Six Nine. No, it's Daniel Hernandez. But they would so usually it's not like, like they're like, well, Your Honor, we're going to hear the case of Takashi Six Nine against. Uh, well, I think what they don't. First of all, we all know this is idiotic because he has a giant Six Nine tattooed across his face, <laughs> and I'm assuming he's going to wear. His, he's, here's what's going to happen. He's probably he won't get his hair cut, but he'll style it so that it looks normal. He'll put on a pair of glasses. He'll put on a suit, his church suit, and he'll be called Daniel Hernandez in in, in, tri- in trial and talk about his. Latino heritage and growing up and all that shit like that. that uh, that's just given criminal defense, standard criminal. He's, but to not be called Takashi, which is how everyone knows him, is a little silly. I mean, every celebrity has a fake name. None of them are using their real names. So, you know, if, uh, I don't know, Alec Baldwin, maybe using his middle name, is in a courtroom, they're still going to call him Alec Baldwin. They're right. not going to call him, like, you know, Michael Alec Baldwin or something like that. Takashi 69, as everyone knows you, what if the porn star Mandingo yes. uh, was charged with yes. a misdemeanor? Yeah, I would still go Mandingo. <laughs> well, you can bet if it's in the South and the prosecutor's going to call him Mandingo. <laughs> There's sure. just no way they're not. Mr. Black Mandingo <laughs> then took upon this white woman, uh, and he's going to jail no matter what. Uh, well, I mean, it's like, it's just, it's a very convenient thing to go back to your cutesy little uh, uh, Latino birth name <laughs> when it suits you, but to be Takashi 69 when you're, when you're fronting. Uh, I don't mind. I mean, legally, I'm sure he's allowed to claim this because it is his. Le- he's not asking to use like a fake name. Right. It is his real name, but it's almost going to be sillier when he's got the giant 69 tattoo on his face, <laughs> and they're calling him the young Mr. Hernandez or whatever, the fuck, whatever they're going to call him. Yeah, I think it just depends on how lazy the people involved are. Because, like, I'll read something in the New York Times, and you know they they they're very proper. You know, they have a certain yes. standard of journalism. Um, so they'll say uh, Stephanie Clifford, also Stephanie. known as Stormy Daniels, yes. and then the rest of the article will be Miss Mrs. Clifford or Miss Clifford, whichever it is. Um, CNN is just like Stormy Daniels. Yes. It's like that's not her name. That's a that's a name that's on you porn. Yeah. And, well, I, I I disagree with you on that one. I think I mean yes. I mean if you're the New York Times, you have to use her real name. But if you're a TV news, if you're a TV outfit and everyone knows her as Stormy Daniels. And by the way, she sells herself still to this day as Stormy Daniels. Yeah, she's still touring as, as Stormy Daniels. So if she's if she's using a fake name, and that's how she became famous, and she's still using that fake name. Uh, and by the way, it's the only way people. Because when I saw Stephanie Clifford in the story, I had no idea who the fuck they were talking about. I literally yeah. didn't know who the, until I read. Oh yeah, that's the real name for Stormy Daniels. Well, yeah, I know. I don't. I don't really care. It's just. That's a cheesy porn name, and I think yes. we should just acknowledge that that's not a real name. That's all. Well, if her, if she had a if she had a name a porn name that was more obviously sexually obvious, they'd probably be they probably have trouble doing it. Yeah, it'd be awesome if her name was like <laughs> just like asphalt, anal, anal, <laughs> anal queen <laughs> Mary or something like that. <laughs> that would have been, but they don't. Yeah, that would with a really obvious sexual pun. Yeah, that would have been giving them more more trouble, but. I, at some point, if you sell yourself on a certain fake name and that becomes a name everyone knows you by, I, I think that's a very valid name to call you in all public in all public settings. You can't. I be- agree. I just think it should be acknowledged. I mean, when it's Takashi Six Nine. Like, I don't even know what that is. I don't know how he came up with it. <laughs> I, don't I don't think he's especially creative. The Six Nine, I'll, I'll take a get. I'll take a stab at. Oh right, we got the <laughs> Six Nine part. Um, because, you know, we all thought that was fucking great when we were in junior high school. Yes. I mean, I still like the actual thing, but I can't remember the last time I said six. six like Beavis and Butt-Ed started giggling at it. I've <laughs> never said to a girl, do you want a 69? <laughs> no. 
Or do you giggle when you hear the number called, like at the bakery? <laughs> like, you still giggle. I always picture Beavis and Butthead because they, 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 they would giggle at 69. <laughs> 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 they used to do their devious chuckle right, whatever right. Benjamin did. It's, it's for idiot teenage, it's for idiot middle school kids. How was Dennis Rodman? You know he tried to get number 69 and the league said no. Yes. Right? Yes. It's probably Ron Artest did at some point. I'm assuming Takashi 69 was like his graffiti name, right? His tagging name. Mm. And he went with that. And it's kind of, I guess it's kind of funny if you see it on the side of a building. Um, although you would assume he was Asian. And then later you'd assume he was black. But no, it turns out he's Latino. <laughs> he's Latino. <laughs> There's no way you would have guessed Daniel Hernandez as his, na- as his real name. That wasn't coming up. That's really the best part of the story. Uh, Matt, let me ask you. We got an email about Kelsey Grammer. This is the first ever time we've talked about Kelsey Grammer. Uh, are you were you a Frasier fan or not a Frasier fan? No, I've never been. A, I, I don't like sitcoms. Um, Frasier did seem to be better than your average sitcom. It was well written. It was well done. Low bar, but yes, you know he talked fast, and his brother was gay, and uh, you know it seemed okay. It was it was uh, it was a well it was well. I mean they they made a stab at making a, a strong comedy for that one, but uh, he's been around. So he was married to Camille. Grammar, who I guess wasn't, she's, I don't know, she's on Real Housewives now, so it's hard to say what she was before, but now she's a middle-aged, drunken, blonde, bleach blonde woman who gets in fights on reality TV. She uh, tried to, like, ruin his life, didn't she? Uh, I don't know. Or is she, that the, his ex-wife or something? This is his ex-wife. She claims that he abandoned her when she had cancer, or something close to cancer, in the hospital and started dating this, uh, this younger woman who is now his current wife, Kate, Kate Walsh, with a K-A-Y-T-E. But Rick wants to know, is Kelsey Grammer's new pube tattoo, with his, <laughs> I think it would be a sex call to get a pube tattoo, I don't know if they were optional, uh, with his wife's name, going to be the new trend among senior men? If so, how the fuck do I get off this planet? So the story of Kelsey Grammer himself, by the way, he's sharing this story publicly himself, like a proud, like a proud guy, is that his second wife, uh, Kate Walsh, who I think is about 20 years younger than he, or 20, 25 years younger, uh, demanded or insisted or asked him to get her name tattooed on his pubic region. Mm. <laughs> so, and Kelsey tell, tells the story like it's a normal thing. Uh, and then explains that the reason is so she has him locked up. So that people, any, should he ever stray on her, which I don't know why he would since he's only cheated on every other woman he's been with and probably has ten times already, would see his wife's, second wife's name and know that he was the property of her and they would leave him alone. Matt, how many fucked up things do you see in this? Can you identify this story? There's a few problems. Yes. Um, could be dark. Yeah? Could be dark in the room. Yeah, usually I, I suspect if you're 63 and having sex, you don't want it too bright. Could put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah, could do that. Um, you, uh, <laughs> if, if a chick's blowing a 63-year-old guy, I don't th- think the, uh, the tiny little tattoo is the... No, it's going to stop them. Like um, the woman who's cheating with like a rich celebrity, either be either she be paid or not paid woman, is going to care that his wife's name is tattooed. Like put a hard stop, put a hard stop on the right. illicit sex because she then notices the name branded like a calf, like <laughs> on his pubic region. Yeah, there's also the that you're voluntarily branding yourself, and I, I guess correct me if I'm wrong. She doesn't have Kelsey written on her pussy. Uh, I would imagine not. I don't think you would even ask. I, I, I don't think I'd 
never want someone to have my name tattooed on their pubic region. No, I wouldn't be able to stop looking at it when I was down there. No, and also ask, just asking seems, uh, seems abusive in a way. Um, yeah, it's, it's creepy and weird, and plus... Matt is a fairly common name, <laughs> yes. so she could just start fucking some other guy named Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's Matthew true. Matthew McConaughey's too. fucking her all of a sudden. That's true too. It would <laughs> also because it's in the pubic region. It wouldn't ha- when when they eventually break up, as they will, and uh, she takes half his money, and he feels like a total jackass because now he has his name on her pubic region. It's not gonna be visible to the public, so it won't be have to be one of those like Kat Von D tattoos where. She dates a white supremacist for a year by accident. Has to get his name name lasered off her arm like for, for seventeen separate visits. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Even, it's not even like if you're gonna tattoo brand a guy, do the, the Takashi sixty nine. Right. Put, put it right on his forehead. Put it right on his forehead. It'd be so annoying. Like every time, like the chick is like, "Who's Kate?" It's like, can I just get a blowjob <laughs> yes. once without telling the story? Yes. Oh wait a minute! I see uh, someone's name is tattooed here on your pubes. Uh, I I can't do this. I'm just not comfortable. Uh, having sex with you, old man, for money, uh, because as a prostitute, I honor the code of not cheating. <laughs> not no, I got that when I was 17. Yes. It was a tough time. Uh, you know, my dad just died. I don't know. Like, just start making shit up at that point. It, it, it's not going to bar you from anything, really. And uh, and you look like a clown. You look really ridiculous and pathetic. This is a 63-year-old man. Yeah, and, and I assume the women he will be having sex with uh, outside of his marriage, which he will be, are either young actresses or escorts, who probably ninety nine percent of the men they're with are married are married men. <laughs> so I don't know that that's I don't know that that's a deal breaker for most for most of them that he's actually married to somebody else, which they can look up on IMDb or Wikipedia in half a second since yeah. he's since he's famous. And and by the way, he's telling the story on TV everywhere he goes, so they all know it anyhow. It begs the question, you know, because Kelsey Grammer played an intellectual on television. And he can talk very fast. See, I can't talk fast. So yes. I, I don't think I could play that part. But point being, do we know he's not an idiot? Um, I don't know why he's sharing the story. I, I just feel like if you, if you are going to become such a submissive that you allow your partner's name to be tattooed on your pubes, which we've only covered in that sex cult case where the women were branded against their will. I've never really heard of it outside of a cult setting. <laughs> no, there's no. I've never heard of anyone voluntarily doing it. Although it seems like something... I guess Tramp Stamp started, you know, a few years back for women on their back. Um, do you know that Chloe uh, Kardashian had her father's name Tramp Stamped on her? Oh. Yes, when she was, uh, I guess. O.J. Simpson? Uh, o. Well, no, yes, no. Her, her legal father, legally adopted father. Uh, she had Ro- uh, Rob Kardashian, Robert or whatever it said, on her back, on her Tramp Stamp, uh, which is an, after he passed away. It's troubling. It is troubling because getting, I guess, getting your dad's dead father's name tattooed is not so troubling, but putting it in the area where all the NBA guys are banging you and looking at it is is really disconcerting. Hey, who's that? Oh, your dead dad. Uh, yeah, can you just keep, keep going? Keep just like move a little to your left if you don't mind. So I'm almost finished. I mean, that's just bad call. I, I people getting tattoos in general. I don't understand like the idea of tattooing your significant other's name. Anywhere, especially when you're on your second or third wife, it seems very. Seems like something that 18 kids who get are 18 or 19 in love might do because they're stupid. But at 63, you got to you got to cut that shit out. Yeah, it's it's just a bad decision. And I mean, I don't know if it's like you're trying to trick yourself. Like, well, I'll be kind of fucked if we break up, so this will give me some incentive to behave. <laughs> yes, that's kind of how I would think of it. But I I don't know. But tattoos are different now because you can remove them. It's not an easy process. Probably not in your pubes. It's not very easy. 
That sounds really, really uncomfortable. And also. painful and very intimate and embarrassing. To have to go in for laser removal on your in your pubic area. It's just an embarrassing thing. I don't know what's happening to guys. I can't imagine a, a 60-year-old guy. Like, if that was your dad, he has children. Like, why is my dad getting pubic tattoos? <laughs> yes, yes. It's like I, I. It's like dad's cock ring. You know, we don't need to know. We don't need to know about this shit. I, I'm sure I've told you a story before. My uh, a cousin is a mortician, and more than once he's uh, responded to a, uh, a scene of a dead guy in, a, in, a, in his room, in his bedroom or hotel room, whatever it is. And more than once the guy's been, you know, the old. It's been a senior citizen. Obviously, he was visited by somebody, and there's like cock rings or dildos and shit like that. And what he does, even though he's not supposed to, is he removes all that shit. Uh, before there's any police photos or stuff like that, because he feels bad for the kids, because he doesn't want the kids to find dead, you know, story. This pictures guy's of a hero. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like obviously the guy didn't die; he had a heart attack. He was probably having sex with an escort or some kind of hotel room. He's seventy some seventy years old. Kids, the kids and grandkids don't need to see the cock ring and the dildo and the fucking no. lube and shit like that. So he he pushes it all away in a bag and takes it and lets the police take their photos. Um, just, but I think I always thought like, wow, that's really it's illegal. But that's always that's a cool thing to do. You don't need to know that your dad or your granddad's uh, got a pubic tattoo of the of the chick who, by the way, is no longer your mom. He's he's having sex with. Yeah, I'd go a step further. Put some like bogus like business documents next to him. Uh, yes. Yeah, you know, maybe a. Uh, a poem about how much he loves his children. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I never see you again, children know that I loved you. <laughs> yes. Like a, like some dumbbells. Some plans on how to save the world. Yeah. Denucle- like how to denuclearize the world. A ukulele. <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> bring some bring some very honorable props to be found to be found <laughs> with a picture of his de- of his wife <laughs> to put by the bedside. Really make it look like he was uh, if anything he was pleasuring himself to his his old lady his old lady. Yeah. <laughs> That's really kind of that. I got it. Uh, Matt, do you do you like animal crackers? You seem like a guy who likes animal crackers. Was that every thing? No. In the red box, those crackers. Are they the frosted ones or just the bland? They did make no, no. Those are the yeah. Those are called animal. They're the the red box. They've been around for like seven seventy years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are just the Barnum, the Barnum cookies. Yeah, yeah. I used to eat them growing up. They must yes. have been real cheap. Yeah, really cheap. And then eventually, they used to have them like in kids' meals at McDonald's or. On airplanes for kids, they had them for a while. They're very popular. They're really disgusting. They, yeah, they're they really have disgusting. A, like a, just a, f- a weird, sweet, flowery dough thing. I assume here. they're made of pure poison. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They're, as a, a six-year-old, they taste. I like them. Uh, and most people did. They were popular for a long time. But PETA, PETA got a hold of them. People for the ethical treatment of animals, uh, who don't seem to care about people that much, and made them change the box because it was circus animals. They were in cages: the lion, the elephant, the giraffe, the gorilla. And made him get, made him repaint the box after decades and decades to show the animals free, all free together, out of the, out of the cages. <laughs> that was their, that oh, because the circus is going out of business, right? Uh, well, they put the circus out of business. Yes, they were helpful in that. I think the circus it, it's it became time for the circus to go. I think I liked the circus animals, and I had no problem with them being uh, the elephants being caged or whatnot. I didn't ever like circus people. <laughs> circus people were always scary. Clown, like we don't need clowns. Clowns were scary. You could abuse the elephants. I didn't care or the tigers, <laughs> but just having guys in makeup going around playing with children was really was really bad. And circus peanuts, which I vomited on at least three times as a child. 
Yeah, I only went to one circus and I, I rode the elephant when I was a, a young kid. They brought the elephants all the way to Alaska, so I'm sure that was really good for them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that must have been fun, though, as a kid riding an elephant. It was, but now I, I feel kind of bad. You feel uh, dirty. But what I don't understand this whole thing of trying to rewrite history. So, uh, I, circus an- they were circus animals. There was a circus. There was a circus. They were circus animals. The animal crackers were <laughs> pictures of animals in the circus. And now they're, they're, they're pictured on the box, all free together. And now half of them are predators and half of them are prey. So at some point, I- I- if you look at the next picture in the box, if they drew it, it would be like the lion killing the zebra and having his mouth around the giraffe, right. slaughter him for food for his family. And not to mention, they didn't say, okay, elephants, go roam free. They most likely shot them. Yes. So I don't see why they don't have the dead elephants <laughs> bleeding out on the uh, box at this point. There's no doubt that the circuses, especially those uh, like a European, those like Bulgarian circuses and the Russian circuses where they tasered the bears until they rode the bicycles. Yeah. I still, by the way, to this day, I love r- r- seeing the bears riding bicycles. I just love it. Uh, the tricycles. Cute. <laughs> and then recently I saw a bear riding a motorcycle, and I was like, wow, the b- Russians are still doing this, and they've stepped up their game. <laughs> this yeah. is like, I would pay to see... A bear on a motorcycle doing like jumps. <laughs> that'd be that'd just there be really cool. There used to be a circus act where y- you would get. This was back in the twenties, I think, and I forgot the bear's name, but they had removed the bear's claws and he wore a muzzle. Yes. And you could wrestle the bear. Yeah. You go up and wrestle the bear, and the bear had an outstanding record. As you would, <laughs> uh, imagine. Well, they weigh like what six hundred pounds. Yeah. I don't know how they scored it or whatever, but you just really have no chance, regardless of the scoring system. Uh, you know, if you get a point for an escape, bear's still going to come out on top every time. The other stuff, I, I don't find this stuff bothered me. When they used to, in the Atlantic City, used to ride the horses off the uh, the thing into the water. Uh, that was a thing in Atlantic City, like in the 20s and 30s. Hmm. They would ride it. There would be like a, a diving board, a, a plank, and they, the guy would ride the horse like six stories up off thing into a pool. Huh. And it was just a thing. And everyone applauded because <laughs> the horses <laughs> obviously were scared shitless. But they did the jump. And you know, sort of like in one of those cowboy movies where they show them jumping off the cliff into the water. Yeah. But those are all fake. But this is real. And people loved it for some reason. And I have no problem with that. I mean, most horses, I assume, are abused or eaten or <laughs> like that. The horse is probably at least fed. I don't, I don't feel the same kinship. For, I don't want to see animals blatantly abused. But I don't feel the same kinship for animals as I do people. And they've, PETA has clearly blurred the lines on this, whereas... They they want to elevate human basically human rights to animals, which is really dangerous. If by chance, let's say you like to eat animal meat, animal meat. Yeah, that's a good point. They don't. They didn't say anything about the humans in the circus that were abused. No, like the you know the midgets and the the, ra- uh, the raped small people, bearded woman, and th- yeah, they no mention of that. Um, I assume circus life was not great for the uh, little people. So wha- why? So they actually focus some energy on the animal cracker people. Yes, because they see it as a as a symbol of like sla- they would put it akin to sla- like black slavery, which is weird. I just find that weird. I mean, I understand like okay, if you wanted to start a petition against circuses or explain to people why it's really bad to uh, tase animals to make them do tricks, I get that. But well, now you're just going like you have this religion now where there's no everything is within your religion that you have to stop. Even cartoon crackers that p- feature the past—it's like it's, it's. This is not the same as toppling old slave owner statues or Confederate no, killer they're, statues. They're totally misguided on almost everything, and I, I think a lot of them are um, 
they, they just hate people. I, I think so, I, too. I don't, because, I don't know, you look at a cat, and, like, obviously, you know, you want a, a cat to, you don't want to hurt a cat, but, like, some cats. No, some cats you want. Seeing a cat or a child get hit by a car does not really give me the same level of uh, sadness. No, you know? no. Well, there's, there's always squirrels in the street here that have been run over, and I always think like, oh, the crows are going to do really well today. Right. <laughs> so, someone, someone's going to, someone's going to eat those animals. And by the way, I do want to speak. I had a friend who had a cat. I don't know why. It was, I think it was a guy. I think it was his girlfriend's ex-girlfriend's cat. The cat used to, whenever you visit, it would climb to the top. It would be on top of the bookshelf, and it would launch itself at you. Like with a screech, right? And it was, and I just thought, like, I can't do this because this is so politically correct. But I just want to punch the fuck out of that cat in the middle of the, middle of the air. Right. Like, I'm ready for it. Like this time, I'm just gonna fucking turn and just crank it. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, because that motherfucker thinks it has free reign to like jump on me every time. It would just launch itself, and like launch itself. Yeah. Why do animals like when a little dog barks at me? I'm like, yes. you're lucky I don't fucking punt you. Yes. Like, don't you know I can kick your ass? I know you're a stupid animal. Yes. But I weigh 200 pounds. You weigh eight. Like, are you trying to intimidate me right now? Because I would think the uh, the best strategy would be to kind of blend in. Yes, which is what little people do. <laughs> little short, the shortest guy in school is not the, does not have the biggest mouth. Right, it just doesn't happen. They blend in until they become like uh, rich software geniuses, and they take it out in all the rest of the world, and they do evil, they do evil shit to the rest of the world. These people are so lost. Like their their entire premise doesn't make any sense. Like, I get it because they're emotionally stunted they like cute animals you know they really gravitate towards um they uh, anthropomorphize yeah you say that animals and uh, too many disney movies as kids right yeah so like if they're if they're like you can only eat meat well when you grow soy in a field to you know make tofu out of uh you know on a agricultural scale you have to kill any animal that comes into that field because they'll eat the uh you know the the crops. Oh, they're killing it. They're for sure killing animals. You displace animals, yes. and when you when you run those um, those thrashers, you know that kills everything in its path. Right. For wheat or for you know whatever grain you're talking about, um, and and pesticides uh, also kill all all kinds of animals. Like if you're eating a salad, you've probably killed more biomass for that than if you're eating a burger. There's probably a middle ground between like factory animal farming, which is disgusting, and all the fucking videos they have of, like, cutting off, you know, shoving 85 chickens per foot and making them eat each other's shit. Yeah, it's and cows. There's probably some middle ground between that and just not ever not ever consuming an animal, which makes no sense whatsoever. Because there was a new story out, uh, I forget which outlet, but it must have been Vice, because Vice goes with anything with the headline, uh, about how a third of vegetarians and vegans claim they've gone off the wagon at times to eat meat, mm-hmm. usually when they're intoxicated, <laughs> uh, they eat meat, which is like, and they just, they have a hang, they have, when they when their defenses are down, they have a huge hunger for meat. That's what they want, which is like signal from your body saying that like, even if it's not the most healthiest thing for you, you you have an instinct to eat meat. Um, yeah. I compare I compare that to priests. Like, uh, if you can keep a priest away from sex for too long, celebrate for too long, <laughs> they're going to eventually go after a piece of meat. <laughs> and it's going to be a boy, some kind of boy. But, I mean, you can't, like, they don't go after, when they're drunk and they're, like, out of control, they don't go after more vegetables. They want a hamburger. Yeah. It's just their body telling them, like, you know, this is something you want. So it's, it's, it's Yeah, it's not sustainable. I mean, that's why you have to, you know, take um, t- supplements and it's, it's, not, it's not healthy. Um, and definitely cows are bad for the environment. And it, it probably is better to eat smaller animals, but you know, at the end of the day, like no one, no one really 
cares that much. No one's going to say, I, I want a hamburger, but I care about the environment. You know, like those vegans that got, um, remember that crazy lady that had that vegan restaurant in New York and her and her husband went on the run. They defrauded all these people out of their investment money. And um, I remember the vegans in L.A. with the, that cafe, whatever it's called, and then the people tracked them down and found out they were eating meat at their farm. <laughs> oh, that happened too. Yes. Yeah, I think it happens a lot. Yes. I don't trust vegans. Vegans, by the way, are always sh shuddering. And I don't trust them. <laughs> They're always shaking or shuddering. They have like they, they exist at a vibration level that is not not normal. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the iron deficiency. I think it's mostly a way to, to signify that they're better than you. Yes. Um, so I'll go to eat with them from time to time, and uh, it's like I don't know. Just don't come. Uh, yeah, and you don't have to eat meat every meal or whatever. I mean, or you could have very little meat or. Whatever, but the whole thing, like any zero tolerance policy usually is some kind of person with a problem because it's some sort of control issue. It's more of a control issue than anything else. It's not like if you eat a piece of chicken once, a, once or twice a month, it's really going to hurt anything. Right. Uh, moderate, moderation, everything. I just don't like pita people. They're all fucking nuts. Yeah, that vegan couple, they run all those, oh God, what are those things called? Those cafes in uh, Gracias Cafe or... Gracious Cafe, Cafe Gratitude. Okay. There's a bunch of them in West Hollywood. They own like seven restaurants in West Hollywood. Their son took over the business, but someone, some crazy vegan person tracked them down to Northern California where the, where the original owners live. And when they had a farm, there was supposedly a, a vegan farm, and the cows were only used for, for uh, dairy because they said they were now become vegetarian, so they were having dairy. But the woman confessed that after a while of milking the cows, after a couple of years of milking the cow, and the cow was getting old, that she decided they had to eat it. <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't take it anymore. They wanted the meat. Yeah. <laughs> and they had like six months worth of beef in their, in, their, in their freezer. Well, good. I mean, you know, there's this whole element of self-flagellation, you know, like, like these Buddhist guys that torture themselves and that helps them attain enlightenment or whatever, which, by the way, makes no sense. The Opus Dei. Um, no, it's like I'm going to stare at a tree for a month. It's like, who's paying for this? Um Oh, yeah, so this guy came and stayed at my family's house one time, kind of a friend of a friend, and uh, they, like, warned us. They're like, he's a fruitarian. <laughs> I was like, what is that? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like 18 or something. I was like, uh, well, he only eats fruit. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, I'm open to new ideas, you know, I'll kind of <laughs> check into that. And then uh, someone sat me down and go, you know that means that he's crazy, right? Yes. I go, oh, okay. Well, that's just fun. Well, like, you know, that that's something sense. you become when you're stranded on a desert island. <laughs> not, not by choice. It's just, just a name alone sounds fun. Uh, Matt, I want to talk about something you're very familiar with, which is old guys having sex with young uh, women. Hmm. Uh, wait a minute. I, I reverse the genders on that. I hope to be one of those old guys. Oh, yeah. Hell yes. No, I mean, I, I think n nothing in the story should be presumed to uh, be a moral, <laughs> a moral judgment upon older guys who have sex with younger women. I think it's, and by the way, reverse the gender too, I don't care. What you find nowadays is that almost all the old uh, rich women are having sex with young guys too. Because as it turns out, having sex with younger people is just better <laughs> in general. No, I would say so. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, there's this new trend where old guys, old guys of all, old rich or wealthy or celebrity guys or guy, any guys you can who have gotten older, we just talked about Kelsey Grammer, uh, have always had tried to have sex with young women because that's sort of the goal of being a man and why you obtain wealth and power. Uh, Isn't there like a rule like your age minus something? You know what I'm talking about? Like a formula? Yeah, but I think the real rule is 18, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which uh, Asia Argento clearly missed out on. But I think you got to know, will I, be will I be arrested 
If the answer is no, then it's then it's fair game. Gotcha. So Dane, uh, Dane Cook is the latest. He's in his uh, 40, I think late 40s, uh, and he is now dating openly dating a 19-year-old. Although <laughs> he admitted they met, they have known each other for some time, which I don't know what that means when she's 19. But uh, apparently he knew her before she was legal. But was they he wa- doing a children's party or something? <laughs> no, like to make it, no, they met at some great cause. They met at some uh, great. Don't worry. It's always they always meet at a march or at a charity event or something like that. It has to be a noble, noble origin story. But they were friends, and then they became uh, really good friends, and then they became uh, lovers. But of course, not till she was eighteen. She's nineteen now. So Dane Cook, uh, among other things, he felt the need to explain, which he's never tried to explain his comedy, uh, is. Uh, went on Instagram, felt the need to go on Instagram to explain why being 47, I think he is, and, and banging a 19-year-old was actually a really love a thing, just about love and connection and all sorts of stuff and how he loved, and her family loved him and he got along with her. They always have to say, I, got along, I get along with her family really well. When they're the same age as her parents, they always have to mention that, that her parents are really, really lovely. We get along, I get along, I get along great with her dad. Yeah, we golf together. <laughs> yes. And I'm thinking, there's just no way in hell, outside of thinking he might be getting money, there's no way in hell a father who is 47 would want his 19-year-old daughter having sex with another 47-year-old man. There's just absolutely no way a sane dad would approve of that situation. I couldn't even look. I never thought about this. I would not be able to look the dad in the eyes. No. If, <laughs> if you're the exact, exact same age as the dad. same age. Yes. Like, no way. No. It's just there's something wrong about it. And everyone knows there's something wrong about it. Not legally wrong, but there's something morally, there's something, uh, there's something about it that is, it's a, a, a it's unsettling. It's unsettling. It's a, a fetish or something you like, and not un, not an unusual fetish that you like much younger women. Uh, but didn't people used to keep that stuff private? Wasn't that something that like if you were like near 50 and you were banging like a 19 year old girl, which I assume every most every 50 year old famous or rich guy has done at some time, didn't you used to like? Try not to talk about it, justified or bring it up in public yourself. I don't know. Weren't those better? T- weren't those better? Well, I mean, Trump's I don't. I don't remember anyone bragging about it. I guess he's. I don't know if he's bragging or trying to sort of come to terms with himself. It's sort of a humble brag. It has a humble brag aspect to it, but it's like I think it's because he took a lot of shit. People have been giving him a lot of shit uh, on social media for the fact that he's basically dating this uh, just out of high school, having sex with just out of high school girl. And then to try to explain it as, like, we're kindred spirits, age is not an issue, all this other crap, her family loves me, we connect on a level people don't understand. That sounds, just makes you sound like a pedophile. It's <laughs> just, yeah, it does. that sounds like a priest explaining why he fucked the altar boy. It would sound way less creepy if he just said, I, I like fucking her. Yes. She's, she's pretty cool. You know, she's <laughs> yes. tolerable. Yes. She can hold a conversation, and she blows me. And What's wrong with that? I she's don't got a tight teenage body. <laughs> she's got a tight teenage body. It's graphic. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I mean, but that's the truth. We all know why he's doing it. If, if, if she was, si- let's say she was 69, and he's 47. And they had a kin- they had a kindred spirit connection. Also, he's not she's not going to be his girlfriend. That's ridiculous. He would never go for he would never go for that. No, but in that case, his sort of manifesto would make sense. Yes, because it would have to be. Yes. Um, for instance, there's that that the the lesbian the girl. Uh, she's in a lot of movies. The one from American Horror Story. I forgot her name. She's like 45, and she's dating a 76 year old woman. Yeah, Paulson. Sarah yeah, Paulson. yeah, Sarah Paulson. And so when she explains it, it makes sense to, I think, you and I. Like, we read it, like, age is not a number. I love this woman because we don't really care about middle-aged lesbian women anyhow. <laughs> so we're like, 
I just assume middle-aged lesbian women actually do see beauty in all ages and stuff. Like, unlike yeah. unlike the same age, unlike Dane Cook, who just wants to bang a, a yeah. co-ed aged girl. Because lesbians also are not sex crazed maniacs. They're, no, they're not. This isn't what you see in the movies. They're not getting down all the time. No, they probably cuddle. They probably cuddle. They probably have deep conversations and talk about politics and social issues and talk about uh, acting as a acting. I think the other lady's, older lady is an actress. They probably have like meaningful conversations. But they're and not texting each other like I can't wait to lick your snatch. No, thing. no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I hope not. <laughs> Just you threw me. I can't eat any more pretzels. Did you ever see that <laughs> SNL sketch? It was from a while back, uh, like when Jim Brewer was on the show, and uh, these guys make a wish. And uh, they're frat guys, and yes. they wish for two lesbians to be here right now. Yes. But they don't yes. specify yes. hot lesbians. Yes. So it's these two lesbians in Butch. sweaters, like, yes. eating yogurt out of yes. each other. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's just not what... hilarious. It, growing up on Cinemax, it was a real disappointment to, to especially move to Los Angeles and discover, like, lots of lesbians. Mm. And just how fucking incredibly boring, <laughs> un- non-sexual, and, un- and interesting most, most of them are. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not necessarily getting off motorcycles and making love like in the uh, in the in the, in the toilet stall. In the toilet stall, <laughs> doesn't happen. And that's really sad, actually. But I, seriously, like, when did we go from like, okay, this is, we all know why you're banging. This is the same thing with uh, Robin Thicke a couple years ago when he left his wife, uh, and then he started dating this model who was 20, I think, at the time. And they have to go on this whole thing to explain. I guess because they don't want to turn off female fans. They have to explain how it's true love and it has a deeper meaning. It's not just about me wanting to fuck a hot young girl. Uh, it's I think it's a wrong direct. I think it's a wrong direction. Yeah, well, for guys, you know, I don't know how common this is either. I mean, you know, Dane Cook is kind of an odd person. Well, I think it's more common now that people have social. He, I mean, he is obviously active on social media, has a social profile because he has to has to publicize himself. So now he's getting pushback from. Women, of course, who are calling him a pedophile and calling him names and asking why he can't date a, a girl, his own, a woman his own age. What is their angle? First of all, why do they care? It's, I mean, because it's 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 a disturbing to women that a guy would date someone their daughter's age. And I think well, it is. Is it disturbing when a young chick fucks an old rich guy? Uh, or do they not care about that? No, I don't think they care about that. It's, that's just not seen as the same sort of uh, uh, aggressive. Aggressive stuff. I don't know. I just, it's just, I would think that if I was doing that, I would be like, I'm just not going to talk about that because it's none of your business. And you know why I'm doing it. I know why I'm doing it. Let's just keep, let's just, it's just a whole, even just sex in general. I'm doing this because obviously I like it. She seems to be okay with it. It's none of your fucking business. Go away. Yeah, I would respect that. Like, that seems to me like what Andrew Dice Clay would do. If there was a similar situation, like if he was getting called out for having sex, I'm just picking him as sort of a, you know, a no bullshit guy. Yes. Could be Howard Stern. I would love if he said exactly, you know why I'm doing it. I know why I'm doing yes. it. Leave me the fuck alone. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go fuck my girlfriend. <laughs> yes. I mean. Yes, I miss that. Well, I guess if Dan Cook said stuff like that, he wouldn't be Dan Cook. He'd be, he'd, he'd be, some, he'd be someone else. Uh, Matt, we got an email about Lamar Odom. You're a big Lamar Odom fan. Uh, is this someone who's surprised that Lamar Odom is alive? Amy wants to know, big story came out this week. Lamar Odom actually shared this story. Uh, Lamar Odom revealed he had 12 strokes and six heart attacks 
uh, during the time he went comatose at the brothel out in Vegas. Seems like a lot. It's, <laughs> it's like a lot. Uh, and she wants to know, why did only the good die young and the wayward people seem impossible to kill? By all accounts, no one's ever heard of a guy who had 12 strokes and six heart attacks uh, in the course of like an hour and, li- and, li- and lived. I wouldn't think it was possible. I've never heard of anything like that. No. It, it, it's, it's Lamar Odom. Uh, and if I may insert, reinsert my uh, joke, I said uh, 12 and 6 was what uh, the stat line people were hoping for when he played for the Lakers. <laughs> that was a good night for him. Uh, but really, is, isn't it odd that like when you read stories like this, which is like I, he should be dead. I mean, he went through the shit that he should be dead or she should be dead. It's always someone not that great. Like it's always like when, when someone, someone beloved or someone who really gives back to society has like a stroke or a heart attack, they just die. And then we all feel really bad. Yeah. But when like a, a crack, a crack, a whoremonger, a guy who smokes crack in hotel rooms with uh, ladies, gets in the Kardashians, is out of a brothel, snorting cocaine and, 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 and fake Viagra, goes comatose, and has to be lifted out in a, in a helicopter because he can't fit in the ambulance because <laughs> he's too tall. Uh, he's just, those guys never die. It's just like they could have like fucking nuclear, dropped the Hiroshima bomb on him. He would have been okay. There's that sort of that cockroach sort of survivability to these guys. <laughs> hey, by the way, he's not a bad guy. I don't know if he's ever, outside of the whoring and the, the crack and all that shit like that, whatever he did to the you know, uh, women he was in relations with, he doesn't seem to be a, a guy with a bad bone in his body. No, yeah, he's never hurt anyone or anything like that. No, no, he's never. he seems like an adult, if anything, a really sad, dolty guy who happened to be you know, 6'11 and could play ball. Um, but is, it, is there some element to that, that, that cockroach theory that, like, Dudes who are like ne'er do wells just seem to survive. You gonna like think about like a, a, a Suge Knight who's been shot like 11, <laughs> 11 times. <laughs> like it's always like some a guy, a decent guy gets shot and he's just dead. You read the story, he gets shot, he's dead. Right. Suge Knight shot like you know three times in the uh, in the in the in the midsection, walks out of a bar, gets the car from his valet, drives <laughs> drives away, and he's uh, he's okay. He's having a party the next. He's having a party the next night. Yeah, some guys are just hard to kill. Yeah, the I mean the only the good die young thing like there does seem to it does seem to work out that way like you know Lennon got shot or whatever and then was it Reagan that got shot Reagan got shot and he three, lived he lived Lennon I think only so I think he got shot once by the way and he died by a guy who's not even a, it's not like he was hit, hit by a trained marksman who like they able to put you know two in the back of his head or one through his heart. He got shot by a crazy dude waiting outside with a small gun waiting outside his apartment and died. So, yeah, I mean, like, if that was, like, Odom, he would have been, like, or Suge Knight, they would have walked right away, <laughs> like, shot seven more times and walked away. I mean, I think there might be um, a rough upbringing aspect to it. Yeah. Like, you kind of are more of a fighter by nature. You, you think crack, crack makes you stronger? It might. Maybe. Uh, but also, you know, he's an elite athlete. You know, they always have these stories of uh, – like, I don't know what's wrong with doctors, by the way, because it's always you'll never walk again. Yeah. I feel like every other person I know has been told that at yes. some point in their yes, lives. Yes, they have. Meanwhile, they're running marathons. It's yes. Like, you know, doctors, like, there's the power of positive thinking. You <laughs> yes. ever heard of that one? Um, I think they do that just for legal defense. Okay. So they don't want to ever tell someone, like, who's got bad legs, you'll be running, like, in two years from now, because then the person will come back and sue them. Right. So by always giving the most negative possibility outcome, they can never be sued for, like, Underperform, underperforming. Well, we might want to, as a society, maybe address this at some point. But yes. I do think if you're an elite athlete, like if you're good enough to play in the NBA, 
I mean, granted, he wasn't the most athletic of those guys, but you still have to be a super athlete. I think just genetically, he was born with a great, great heart and uh, a great, great brain, uh, yeah, blood vessel system and circulatory system allowed him to survive this massive number of strokes and heart attacks. Yeah, I just think you can survive shit. It's like, if you look at like an NFL running back by the fifth game, they're probably, you know, they have so many things wrong with them. Yes. And they're, they're still running. And that's just what makes you elite. Like, if I had one injury, I'd yes. be on the bench. These guys have six injuries, but and they're slowed down. But because, you know, th- they're still great even slow. Yes. You know, and well, also shot up with cortisone and, and steroids and, and other shit like that. Yeah, I think that, that helps, helps too. Uh, there's a reason why they can't walk at 35. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's, po- it's possible with Odom. Although, usually t- really tall guys have heart problems, usually have heart problems. Like the Lyles MBA. Yeah, you don't see tall old people walking around too now, often. He won't be around at sixty three to get a pubic tattoo from his from his eighth eighth wife at that eighth wife at that point. Uh, I just found it I mean the twelve and the six was just like astounding. He, he even said that his doctor said there's no way he should be alive, which is, you know, I mean you hear those stories all the time, but like twelve strokes and six heart attacks are really Really should not be alive. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the severity of the stroke. This is not my level of expertise. Yes, I thought one stroke could really debilitate you. Yes, and now I'm just kind of thinking, multiply that by twelve, and that doesn't seem like you should be walking around. Well, he didn't. Fr- I mean, for a long time he couldn't walk and he couldn't lift. Remember, Chloe uh, Kardashian was lifting his arm in the hospital to sign. Signed divorce, signed divorce papers where he, he gave her lots of money. Yeah, <laughs> the whole family is yes. crowded around yes. him for Instagram. Yes, uh, and they were. I mean, he really could, couldn't write. He couldn't write. He couldn't lift his hand. He couldn't speak for many months. So he did have a lot of ill effects, and I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's lingering effects to what he's doing. Although he's been spotted routinely in clubs, drink, uh, drinking quite heavily. Oh, he can still drink. Yeah, yes. I he I think he has a slight limp and a little bit of a. Uh, slur going on but he can still walk but that's really where i think the the athleticism comes in yeah like, it's, it's i think be a non-athlete would not be walking around it's gotta be ge- it's like those 85 year old irish guys in the bars like pounding the whiskey mm-hmm. it's gotta be genetics it's just pure genetics right yeah i mean i i always had a theory and i i don't know you know how stats would back it up but who cares like at a certain point if if you don't die at seventy, you're gonna you're gonna be a hundred. If <laughs> if you're really abusing yourself, I'm saying like right. if it doesn't take you out, if you're drinking a handle of, of vodka a day, and and if it doesn't take you out by sixty two, yes, you're gonna you're gonna be in your nineties. Yeah, yeah. It's like your body's become like a just. I can, I liken it to those guys, those uh, uh, martial arts guys who bang their heads against the cement the bricks and stuff. Yeah, and they their head start their cranium starts to calcify over time. So at some point, it is like a, just a granite rock in their head. Where they can just bang the crap out of anything and they don't even feel it. <laughs> it's like you've you've like calcified your entire body to the point that like everything is like just rock, like a rock. You become like a rock. You can't actually be killed anymore. Yeah. Until some old age because you've you've so damaged your body that it's like so re- and it has regenerative properties for whatever genetic reason that now like your blood vessels, everything else is just just like some kind of otherworldly material <laughs> like leather. It's just become like people like leather skin when they get older. Like, literally, you can't cut them. You can't cut them anymore. Yeah, and you can't kill... Like, if you smoke... There there are old guys that have, you know, smoked two packs of cigarettes. Yeah. If you're inhaling that much poison and carbon dioxide on a... Every day, on a sort of hourly basis, for years and years and years, like, if that doesn't kill you, you're essentially indestructible on this yeah. front. Yeah, like yes. Like, that, that would... And it does kill normal people. Yes. 
when I when I had my I, when I had my, uh, had my cancer a few years ago, I told the doctor I said, "This is ridiculous. I never smoked my entire life, and I drank very li- drink very little." And he's like, uh, "You should have drank and smoked." <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, it's time for our final segment today. It's Panties in a Bunch, available only to our Patreon subscribers who complain about my audio engineering, audio engineering skills. Uh, we'll for kick in some more money. And we'll yeah, I know. Like a buck, like a buck fifty, I'm going to hi- go hire like a DP from Slovakia. Like, <laughs> want to spiel- I'm going to get Spielberg's guys for the extra, for the extra dollar. Uh, I do appreciate it. If you don't like the audio, please send money, and we'll, we'll uh, try to make it better on my shareware, on my shareware software. Uh, Matt, you have something you wish to pimp and promote for the show? Uh, Sell yourself like a like a whore, and then come up with a Me Too story ten years from now about it. <laughs> uh, I was forced. Uh, let's see, MattRalston.net and uh, Twitter at Matthew Ralston. I got on Instagram. It's my Instagram. Are you on Instagram, really? I just got on it. Uh, the no, that's Matt a visual-based media, man. I don't know if it's going to work for you. Yeah, I can't wait to get like <laughs> all these male followers. Yes. The Matt Ralston. The Matt Ralston on Instagram. I have been pointed out that uh, many of my Twitter followers are of Arabic, of, of Arabic descent. And everyone who's pointing that out, I would like to point out, you're, A, you're racist. B, people who don't speak English are my biggest, fan, are my biggest fans. Uh, I, I take pride in the fact that I have like a third of my uh, people come from the uh, Saudi Arabia <laughs> and the Emirates. I think we just have consistent moral value. We have consistent moral values that they appreciate. So it's a big world out there. Are What's you wrong? Sure they're not missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> they probably, probably, probably <laughs> are. And maybe posting those naked photos every now, every now and then. Hi, uh, this is Lex. Join us on Patreon.com. Last minute. Talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>